0: Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 Afterwards Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover I will not let Israel go Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their burdens. The same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks, as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks that they made in the past you shall impose on them. You shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry, let us go and offer sacrifice to our God. Let heavier work be laid on the men, that they may labor at it and pay no regards to lying words. So the taskmasters and the foremen of the people went out and said to the people, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go and get your straw yourselves, wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced in the least. So the people were scattered throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw. The taskmasters were urgent, saying, Complete your work, your daily task, each day, as when there was straw. And the foremen of the people of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not done all your task of making bricks today and yesterday as in the past? Then the foreman of the people of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, Why do you treat your servants like this? No straw is given to your servants, yet they say to us, Make bricks. And behold, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle, you are idle. That is why you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Go now and work, no straw will be given you but you must still deliver the same number of bricks. The foremen of the people of Israel saw that they were in trouble when they said, you shall by no means reduce your number of bricks, your daily task each day. They met Moses and Aaron who were waiting for them as they came out from Pharaoh and they said to them, the Lord look on you and judge because you have made a stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Here ends the Old Testament reading.
1: Father God, please speak to us through your word, by your spirit, and we pray that we would get to know you better as the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't know if anybody's uh, ever played that prank on you uh, where they change the name of uh, someone on your phone. So you're sitting here having a cup of tea and uh, you feel your phone vibrating a bit, and, and you look at it, and Simon Cowell's calling. Finally, someone has spotted my talent. Or. Or you pick it up and, Barack Obama's calling. When we see uh, a call from an unknown unknown number, it's easy to just ignore it, isn't it? Uh, But when we see uh, it's from someone important uh, or uh, our best mate, uh, we pick it up, don't we? Um, Or when it comes through from Barack Obama, you think, well, (laughs) this really must be important. Or you think, my housemate's been playing pranks again. But when we know uh, the name, or when we know the person behind a name, uh, a name can mean a lot, can't it? Uh, Names carry a lot of weight. Uh, If you're a school bully and the kid you're picking on said, uh, I'm going to get my dad on you, you just laugh, until he tells you that his dad is boxer Anthony Joshua, Uh, and suddenly you start to see the resemblance, Uh, and then you think twice, don't you? And something similar happens At the start of our passage today, uh, verse 1 of chapter 5, have a look. Uh, Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh, and they say, The Lord says, Let my people go. But verse 2, Pharaoh says, Who is the Lord? That I should obey his voice and let Israel go. Uh, You'll notice uh, in your Bibles, uh, the word Lord uh, is in capital letters. Uh, And in the original language, uh, it's God's personal name, Yahweh, Uh, That's how the translators put it in capitals. Uh, And Pharaoh says, who is this Yahweh? Uh, It's like getting a call on your phone from Yahweh and he's like, why should I take any notice of this guy? Pharaoh has a vast empire, uh, he's wealthy and powerful, and he doesn't have anybody tell him what to do, not least someone who he doesn't even know. And so right uh, at the start of our chapter today, the scene is set for the next 10 chapters uh, in the book of Exodus, uh, because the events that are about to unfold in Exodus are a massive revelation uh, of God's, on, on which the whole of the rest of the Bible is based. Uh, they're like God saying, this is who I am, this is who Yahweh is, and he's saying, I'm Lord even over you, Pharaoh, and if you knew my name, uh, you would be sitting up and listening We're going to see that that even God's own people needed that revelation of who he was. Uh, They needed to know God better uh, and for his name to really mean something to them. Uh, And the challenge for us today as we look through this passage is that we too uh, need to really know God if we're going to trust him ourselves. Uh, When we say that we trust in the Lord, uh, is it just tripping off our tongue? Uh, Or does it really mean something to say that we trust in the Lord Does that name really mean something to us? Does it carry weight? Uh, So much so that we can trust him uh, in life and in death. I've got three simple points. Uh, The first one is, who is the Lord? The second one is, I am the Lord, uh, not me. That's what God says uh, in chapter six. Uh, And the third one, uh, do you know the Lord? So let's uh, dive in uh, by jumping back a step and setting the scene. We've seen in the early chapters of Exodus uh, that the Israelites, God's people, have been oppressed by the Egyptians. Uh, Pharaoh has set out to cull their birth rate uh, by killing their firstborn firstborn sons. It's absolutely horrific. Uh, They've been made to work as slaves making bricks. uh, And the situation is bleak. But finally, at the end of chapter 4, things are looking up. Uh, Have a a quick flick back uh, to the last verse of chapter 4 with me. The last verse of chapter four: The people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and had seen, and that He had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. You can imagine the people thinking, "Finally, God has seen what we're going through—the hardship of slavery uh, to these Egyptians—and He's going to do something about it." And so at the start of chapter 5, everyone's excited about what God is going to do through Moses. There's a hope of rescue. There's a a sense of anticipation. And so chapter 5, verse 1, Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh. And what's going to happen? Well, rather than things getting better, they actually get worse, don't they? Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh, and they tell him, to let the people go so that they can go and have this festival in the wilderness. But Pharaoh, point blank, refuses. So their demand becomes more of a pleading in verse 3, doesn't it? Please, uh, let us go for three days into the wilderness. Uh, But Pharaoh says, no, get back to work. Why should I give you guys a holiday? And then he makes things harder. Uh, Rather than having uh, the straw to make bricks, like they did before, they've got to go and find the straw and then make bricks. In verse 10, uh, they're they're told that. The catch being that they've still got to make the same number of bricks each day. And so verse 12, they they scatter across the whole of Egypt to try and find straw. But there's no let up in the normal work. As meetings go, uh, that meeting between Moses and Aaron And Farah was an absolute car crash, wasn't it? I mean, you thought the Brexit negotiations uh, were going badly. Uh, This is like Theresa May going to to Brussels after attempting to renegotiate uh, the Brexit deal uh, and saying, I'm sorry, people, but they've now decided that we've each got to pay a thousand pound tax to leave the EU. Everybody in the UK, uh, they've actually said that if we stay, uh, we've still got to pay that thousand pound tax for wasting their time. I mean, surely Moses is up for a vote of no confidence here. After the high at the end of chapter four, uh, things are now worse than they've ever been. What's going on? Well, if you think about uh, Pharaoh, uh, maybe in the the sort of Egyptian films that you've seen, he was worshipped as a god. Uh, He's the most powerful man uh, anyone knew at the time. And what's going on uh, is that this is God's word, versus Pharaoh's words. Uh, Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh, don't they? Uh, And they say, the Lord says, let my people go. Uh, And then uh, the slave drivers and overseers go back to the people and say, Pharaoh says, keep on working, get back to work. Uh, And after that first meeting, it's pretty clear, isn't it? uh, That it's Pharaoh who's looking stronger in this situation. And all this is is setting up this showdown in Exodus between Pharaoh worshipped as the God of the time and the God of the Israelites. And the question is, who is the Lord? Pharaoh's asking the question, why should I listen to this guy? And Moses and God's people are asking the question, can we trust him? Especially when God looks weak and, and Pharaoh looks pretty strong right now. It's there in chapter 5, verse 22. Have a look. Uh, the people realize they're in trouble. They speak angrily to Moses and Aaron. And so Moses turns to the Lord, and he says, Oh, Lord, why have you done evil to this people? And then he says, You haven't delivered your people at all. I mean, who, who are you, Lord? Now, you might expect Pharaoh not to know the Lord. Uh, but the surprise and the disappointment here is that God's people don't seem to know the Lord. You see, their complaining reveals their hearts. When things are looking hopeful, they trust God. But when there's a delay in his promised blessing, they don't. Their complaining shows that they too don't really know the Lord. To them, his name means uh, trouble or, or not delivering on what he's promised. And so they aren't able to trust him when things don't go to plan, uh, when their plans don't match up uh, with what they when plans don't match up with what they expected, uh, or when things just plain go belly up. And could the same be said of you and I? It's a challenge, isn't it? Uh, Maybe you're excited as a new Christian, uh, and you want to tell others about your faith, uh, or you've been a Christian a while, and you're all fired up after a good talk, uh, and yet when you speak to others... Uh, They're a bit like Pharaoh. They say, who who is this Lord? I don't care about him. And so you so easily stop trusting God. Uh, Maybe it's years since you've shared your faith for that very reason. Uh, Or maybe it's this. uh, When you feel like God's giving you you what you want, you're a passionate Christian. But when uh, God's plans aren't lining up with your plans, uh, you complain. Uh, And that's when our hearts are really revealed, isn't it? Uh, because if we only trust him when things are how we want them to be, uh, then we're not really trusting him at all. Uh, in fact, we're treating him a bit like uh, a genie. Uh, I'm sure most of you know the film Aladdin. Uh, at some point, you probably wished that you two had a magic carpet and a little pet monkey. Um, I certainly did. Uh, but, but the best thing in Aladdin uh, is the genie, isn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, a genie who grants any wish you desire. How cool would that be? Wouldn't it be brilliant? Uh, so good that your mind is probably drifting off to what you would ask for right now. But you see, God, God is not our genie. Uh, he doesn't just do uh, what we want him to do. He's so much, much bigger than that. Uh, and what we really need uh, is to get to know him properly, uh, to know his amazing character and to have a relationship with him. Uh, and if we do, we'll know that we can trust him wherever he leads us. Uh, even if it's not exactly what we had in mind. So if God's uh, not a genie, then the question still is, uh, who is the Lord? Uh, And that's what we're going to see next, uh, because we now come to God's response. Uh, It's there in chapter 6, verses 1 to 8, which we didn't actually read earlier. Uh, But God gives a speech, uh, and at the beginning, and at the middle, and at the end of the speech, what he says is the words, I am the Lord that's what Moses needs to remember and that's my second point I am the Lord in chapter six verse one God says now you will see what I can do God is saying uh, now you will see what I'm really like uh, in the face of Pharaoh's apparent invincibility uh, I'm going to massively reveal myself to you and to understand that uh, we need to know the, the significance of God's uh, name Have a look at chapter six, verse two. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. You see, up until this point, God has primarily been known as God Almighty, or all-powerful. He's shown himself to be all-powerful in keeping his promises to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, uh, for example, in, in keeping his promise um, that uh, Abraham's barren wife, Sarah, uh, would have a child. But now, he's revealing his personal name, Yahweh. And now there's some debate here because this isn't actually the first time uh, that name is used. In fact, it's used quite a few times in Genesis, uh, which is a bit confusing. Uh, so it could be that the, the author of Genesis uh, is, is reading back into the narrative um, uh, the name he knows for God, uh, kind of like um, uh, the biographer of Muhammad Ali uh, calling him Ali when he's little, uh, when his real name uh, was actually Cassius Clay. Uh, but the best explanation I can think of is that God is saying, my name Yahweh was known before, uh, but I'm about to give it a whole new level of meaning. You're about to get to know me properly because what Yahweh means is I Am. in fact the verb in Hebrew doesn't even have a tense uh, so equally it, it's uh, I will be what I will be so God's saying uh, I've shown myself to be all powerful in, in keeping the relatively uh, domestic scale promises to, to Abraham uh, and, and the others in Genesis uh, I've been called I am already uh, but now I'm going to really show myself uh, as I am I am meaning I am present and active to do everything needed to save you. Uh, God's saying, this is going to be a new phase of revealing myself, which is on another scale altogether. So if Exodus is going to be the revealing uh, of God's character, what are we going to see? Uh, Well, three things that God tells us in chapter 6. Firstly, the Lord Yahweh keeps his promises. He made promises to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and he's gonna keep them. Uh, Have a look at chapter six, verse five. I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Uh, God remembering doesn't mean that he kind of forgot uh, at some point, Uh, it means that it's still on his mind. Uh, He's gonna act on it. He's a God who keeps his promises, uh, and we can trust his promises to us as well. But sometimes he he doesn't really do it fast enough for us, does he? Uh, I remember uh, my worst ever toddler tantrum, uh, well, sort of child tantrum, uh, was when we had this trip of a lifetime to Disneyland Paris, uh, and we arrived late in the afternoon, and uh, mum and dad said uh, we would head in in the morning, and we were... We're literally at the gates of Disneyland Paris, and I just could not understand. Why would you not go straight in right now? I mean, how could you possibly go in tomorrow when you're right there? And I had a complete meltdown. And just like a child may not see uh, the big picture, uh, that it's maybe not worth heading in for an hour or two, or it's too expensive for an hour or two, sometimes we too... I uh, need to learn to trust God's promises and be patient uh, because we don't see the, the bigger picture like God does. So the Lord keeps his promises. Uh, the second thing we're going to see is that the Lord rules the world. Uh, chapter 5 has set up this showdown between Pharaoh and God, uh, as I said. And the book of Exodus shows us that it is the Lord who rules the world. God wins. Uh, chapter 6, verse 6, have a look. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. As easily as we stretch out our arm to pick up our phone, God stretches out his arm, and he controls the nations and kings. When God said to the Israelites he would deliver them from the Egyptians, it seemed impossible. But read on, and it happens. And this is here in God's word so that we can trust God and hang in there whenever we face impossible circumstances. Because God is completely sovereign. He rules the world. And the third thing that we're going to see is that the Lord redeems his people Uh, This is one of the first times that the word uh, redeem is used in the Bible, uh, and God is going to redeem his people from slavery so that they can be his people. Chapter 6, verse 6, I will redeem you. And then have a look at the next verse, verse 7. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. This is the first time that sentence is used uh, in the Bible. Uh, and the amazing thing is, is, is that it's going to be used right the way throughout the Bible. Uh, here's what we read in the penultimate chapter of the whole Bible, in Revelation chapter 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place, place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God's. Uh, You see, the Exodus points forward uh, to the ultimate revelation of God, the ultimate redemption. Uh, It's like a gigantic visual aid uh, by which uh, that ultimate revelation and redemption uh, can be understood. Uh, This speech right here in Exodus 6 is like a statement of intent for the whole Bible story. Uh, God is going to redeem us from slavery uh, to sin and death so that we can be his people living in his promised land. I mean, how amazing is that? Uh, God had it planned right back then. And so don't you think we can trust him uh, to lead us and to care for us? But he has a plan. He's patient uh, and he's gracious gracious to us. Uh, And so we need to be patient as we wait on his plans. Uh, Which brings us to my final point. Uh, Do you know the Lord? Uh, because we won't be able to trust him in any of these ways unless we know him ourselves. Uh, What if I said to you, uh, the Lord uh, is coming to dinner at your house tonight? Who would that conjure up in your mind? Uh, What sort of characteristics uh, would you think of? What would spring to mind? Uh, Or maybe we don't really know him well enough uh, to say, we'll only... Get to know the Lord properly if we listen to him in his words, by his spirit. Uh, So I want to really encourage you today to get to know the Lord better. Uh, And I want to highlight three ways uh, that you can do that. Uh, Firstly, uh, come along on Sundays. Tick, well done, you're here. Uh, Listen to God's word preached. Uh, And if you miss a Sunday, why not try and catch up uh, with the sermon uh, on the website uh, while you're doing the washing up? Then we can keep getting to know God better. Uh, Secondly, join a midweek group. Uh, They're a great chance to to get into the Bible uh, in a context of close relationships uh, where we can uh, be honest with with one another uh, and encourage each other and challenge one another uh, as we get to know God better. Uh, And last but not least, uh, but definitely not least, uh, personal Bible reading. Uh, Starting the day by listening to God's word is one of the best habits uh, that we could possibly get into. Uh, And Whether you've uh, never done that before or whether you've been doing it for years, um, I've put a list um, on the back of your service sheet with some resources that might be helpful this year uh, to get you into doing that. Um, It also includes some that you could listen to in the car if you're commuting, Um, so uh, don't read that now, there's quite a bit there, Uh, but have a look at that after the service. Uh, And I want to challenge you, uh, if you're not doing that, to make a plan this week. Uh, to, to, to get into reading your Bible regularly. Um, maybe it means you need to start setting your alarm earlier. Uh, maybe it needs, means you need to get hold of one of these resources to help you with that uh, this week. Uh, that's my challenge for you uh, this week. Uh, but don't expect it uh, to always be easy. Uh, in our sinfulness, uh, we often don't want to put God first, do we? Uh, and it's something that we need to work at and pray, at, pray about. Uh, imagine if... Uh, all of us here at St. Joseph's were to get to know uh, God better and were able to trust him more. Uh, just think of uh, all the things that he could do through us uh, as a church family uh, here in Benwell and right across the Northeast. But if we're struggling to trust him uh, and follow him as we all do at times, uh, we don't just need to try harder. Uh, the answer is, is looking to God uh, and getting to know him better. Uh, We can look to the Exodus to get to know him better. Uh, But even more than that, uh, we can look back uh, at the cross uh, and the resurrection. Uh, We can look back and know for sure that God's name, the Lord, can be trusted above all names. Uh, Because when we look to Jesus, uh, we see that he is a God uh, who keeps his promises, who rules the world, and who redeems his people. Let's pray. Father God, please help us to get to know you better this coming year. We pray that we would really know what your name stands for so that when we say we trust in the Lord, uh, it really means something. Help us to know that we can trust that name above all names and we pray that uh, trusting you like that uh, we'll be able to to follow you wherever you lead us and we'll be able to be courageous in the purposes you've given us and we pray that you would use us uh, this coming year for your purposes as a church family in jesus name amen